What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Interns Podcast. It is your two hosts, Nate and Brad. Let's go! Hey. We're back with another episode. Uh, did I already mention our, what our? Yeah, I already told you about our C, or our senior adults pastor. No. The, oh, I didn't say that. So I came into staff meeting the other week, and he looked at me, and I think he, I think Brad uh, Gortney had Pastor Brad had had mentioned. Like, hey, are you releasing another episode tomorrow? And I said, yeah. And he looked and he goes, oh, y'all are still doing that? Oh, you did tell me um, that, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to our our uh, senior adults pastor, praying on our, on our downfall. Uh-huh. No, uh-huh. I'm just kidding. I think, he, I think we had mentioned a few a few too many times that this is our last episode and we'll be lucky lucky to make it to next week. I and think the, we ran the joke dry. We did. So we're not going to make that joke yeah, anymore. Yeah, we won't make that joke anymore. Let me anymore. rephrase that. I will not make that joke anymore. I will promptly forget yes. and do it next week. Yes. See yes. you then, folks. <laughs> if we <laughs> make it. Li- <laughs> <laughs> if we Boom, make got him in there. Let's go. We're going to make the joke every week. Every week. It's, we, yeah. We're just a broken record. Yeah, we're really so. really. Well, Brad, um, you you saw something extraordinary today, and I want to talk about it. Please. You saw a red-headed woodpecker. Just, I don't know if that's a real... Just going crazy on just that going tree, crazy brother. On the tree. Just going crazy. Yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's uh, Have we talked about your obsession with birds? No. Okay, no. let's talk about your obsession. We might have done it in passing, but yeah. I like birds and it's something that i've had to come to terms with in my adult life real quick if you heard a big squeaking sound that's my mug and i'm very sorry so keep going <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> anyway squeak, squeak. oh, squeak, squeak. oh, oh Nate, you did. <laughs> Nate, why'd so, you do it again <laughs> back to birds more back to birds, birds topics. yeah very very important yeah so like i really like birds and it's not like this obsessive thing it's not like this this quirk i've had about myself my whole life it's something that i've actually come to terms with and you know we're like in movies where at the end of the movie the big reveal and all the pieces come together and you're like it's so obvious why didn't i see it yeah that's birds in my life really yeah that's birds um can you explain that because i don't see that well like so i grew up i grew up on 10 acres and so, but like the best way to describe my life is I grew up on a farm. Yeah. My, my mom is eccentric with her, her love for animals. Mm. We've always had the most bizarre animals. The, the weirder the animal was, the more likely my mom was to say yes Yeah, to having this. So non-birds, like reptiles we had a leopard gecko which isn't that weird we had a bearded dragon my my brother had a ball python which is still alive this this snake is 30 this snake is turning 30 this year um are you serious yeah serious ball pythons in captivity live a long time that's insane um, we had a hedgehog we had some sugar gliders at one point like bush babies yeah um I had a Euromastix lizard. If you can even tell me what that is, I'll give you like five bucks. No, okay. Couldn't tell you what most of these yeah. things are. Okay, are. cool. Cool. Parakeets hated them. Uh, hedge- I said hedgehog already. We had a monitor lizard. That one was the high point of we're never going to have this animal ever again. Nice. But anyway, we had a lot of outside animals as well. Oh, we had a chameleon once too. Oh. He was really cool. Male chameleons are very aggressive. Nice. Uh, just get a female they might be more docile anyway 
Uh, but we lived on 10 acres and we had a lot of animals, mainly birds. Mom had a thing for birds. It started with chickens. And then mom would get like whatever chicken she wanted. These chickens had eggs. We never bought eggs ever. But mom, the weirder the chicken was, the better. We had fluffy ones. We had silky ones. We had big ones, little ones, tiny ones. All types. Uh, they make green, no discrimination. green eggs, yellow eggs, white eggs. It didn't matter. And we just take them. Um, so it started off with chickens. And then it began to deviate to turkeys. We had turkeys. Um, they're, they're the orangish, brownish, white ones. Their, their breed is called like the bourbon reds. Cool. Um, and so I even got turkey breeds down and eventually we just had started to attract wild turkeys. Those are the black ones. And so we had a bunch of turkeys and then ducks, little toy mallards, and that turned into geese. We, I don't know how this happened, but one time Two wild peacocks just mm. started to call our house home. So we had peacocks, then guineas, and lately emus. Nice. And so we've just been slowly moving down the gambit of birds. And so you just you just realize like the thing that I've been most fascinated in my life with is these birds. Yeah. So I grew up taking care of birds. I forgot we were all on subject yeah. of birds. I was like, here's my life story. And so, yeah. And so like I went to school, my favorite animal was a penguin. And then it turned into like, I really enjoyed owls for a while. And I just like every now, I just make bird references, things, birds, objects. This is true. You do. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Bird objects are just very like attractional to me. I like them. People have those owl tattoos and I'm like, ooh, let me see your owl tattoo. And I don't know, man, it's just weird. And I know a lot of stuff about birds and they just always fascinate me. And then we always mention the game Wingspan. Yeah. I love Wingspan. And it was just like a certain moment in my life. I was like, this is odd that I just like birds, like Stockholm syndrome like I grew up with so many birds that it's now just what I gravitate to. Yeah. So all that to put in perspective, like a few weeks ago, I was walking by and I heard a woodpecker and I found him on the tree and I said, look at that woodpecker. I said, he, Phenomenal. Lo he looks, what a, what a fine bird. Yeah. He had like a bright red head and black and white stripes and stuff. And he's just like we say, brother, he was going crazy going on that tree. Crazy on that tree. And so I like, I took a picture of him and I was like, this, this woodpecker is awesome. And I was like, stick around, buddy. Yeah. And so then I went home, right? The next day you said, Brad, I saw a woodpecker. <laughs> I sent you a picture too. Yeah. And you said, look at this woodpecker. I thought of you. And I said, woodpecker, you mean this one? <laughs> <laughs> and I sent you the picture back. And you were like, that was him. And so, and so like last week, you were like, where'd our woodpecker go? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. Dude, that was yesterday. It was. Oh, it was yesterday. We, yesterday. Yeah. I was like, man, I miss our woodpecker. Yeah. And so I stepped outside this morning. Jess and I went to St. Augustine. I stepped outside this morning and I heard like, dunk, 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 and I went, brother, that woodpecker's around here. He's here. And I looked everywhere. And sure enough, him and his partner, yeah, were in the tallest tree by our house. They, they know me. 
Yeah. And so like I didn't I said I took that picture and I didn't get the other woodpecker, but that other woodpecker was going crazy on that tree. Was he? Yeah. He was the other absolutely one, going town. The other one was look out while the other woodpecker was, yeah. We uh yeah. That that was a good moment to wake up to this morning of just picture <laughs> that picture of the wood. Come on, he's back, baby. He heard us. He heard us in the car. <laughs> All right, my only, um, I'm not as as big into birds as you are. You the Wingstop game is really fun because we get to learn. Wingspan. Yeah, Wings is not Wingstop is also amazing. <laughs> uh, favorite Wings place. So my favorite thing about the bird is their taste, obviously. So. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, wingspan because you learn about birds. So your my appreciation appreciation of birds has uh, grown substantially since knowing you. So Good. you've rubbed off. Okay. Plus, we've had some pretty cool birds that just chill at our house. Like we've had a couple Those owls. Owls, yeah. They... We had a couple. We had a huge hawk. Um, but the owls and the hawk have left, and now we're at the woodpecker. I have crows that like to hang out in the field by my yard. Mm, I say on the other side. I yeah. say hey to them. They bring me like acorns and stuff yeah. as, as gifts. Yeah. It's a good transaction. It, it is. I, I say, you eat my bugs, you give me shiny things. Yeah. 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 Reward me for not sending you away. Yeah. Uh, my, our, my other story of woodpeckers is that we, when me and my wife honeymooned in Georgia, we were at a cabin and dude, there was a woodpecker just, it's a log cabin. So he, he tore up a side of the house. That was completely clean. Wow. But when we got there, like t- day two, and it wasn't, he didn't do much damage, but there was like, there was, a, a, uh, it was noticeable that there was damage done to this house uh, in this one little area. And so I said, well, hey, please contact them because I don't want them thinking that we just decided to, it looked almost as if we had shot like a bullet into the house because they just, I mean, it was one <laughs> spot, a couple of them, like three little spots where they just, I mean, he went he he went to town on that house, dude. Um, so I I came in to our interaction with this woodpecker, already not a fan of woodpeckers, mm-hmm. but this guy changed my mind. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. He's really cute. We should come up with a name for him. I guess it's intern four yeah, at this 4.0. point, or, or intern three point six. Yeah, RIP three point five. Yeah, so. I mean, gone but never forgotten. Yeah. Can't be forgotten because I step on his grave every time I go into you my house. Really do. Yeah, he's and right Kate there. mentioned it. Yeah, she's like, "Why'd you do it right there?" <laughs> and then you know, it's a good question. I dug that hole at like ten thirty at night, so I didn't really care to make a good trail to where I wanted to to bury him. So I buried him right next to where he died. I don't. I, I didn't bring this up, but I'll bring it up live now. You need to be careful in Florida because the ground is so shallow and always so wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that are buried are prone to come back up from time to time. And so I hope you buried 3.5 really deep. I buried them pretty pretty deep, not too deep. Um, I will say there's a hole. So I think there's something new that there was something there and is now trying to get to it. I think it might have been, it might be a snake. It looks like a snake a hole. A snake? I don't know. Snakes make holes, right? Were they like... <laughs> they don't... <laughs> Is that not a snake Some thing? snakes maybe. Some snakes maybe, but yeah. Know. Something made a hole and I tried to bury him alive. So, <laughs> but he got out, whatever it is. So, well, cool. Uh, well, let's get into some, there's our there's our bird. Yeah, off off the birds. Off the birds. I do lo- you could talk to me about birds whenever. We could talk too much about birds. So if you ever see Brad and you want to know a bird fact, I guarantee you he has some just on stock. They're more than just government drones. Yes. The bourgeoisie. Um, sure. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Gesundheit. 
What did you do this week, Brad? <laughs> what did you do this I week? I looked up bird facts. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I visited my old college roommate in North Carolina. Uh, so I've been NC? gone a week. Yeah. No, though, it's not Tennessee. It was North Carolina. NC. Oh, okay. like North Carolina. I thought you said Tennessee. It's I wish. Like, it's the wrong state name. Wrong, wrong one, dude. As a Floridian, they sort of blend together. They're very similar. Uh, East Tennessee is very similar to North Carolina. Oh. Every other part of Tennessee can go like. <laughs> go, I hope go, woodpeckers attack. Yeah, it goes sinking. Like I hope an earthquake hits. And only <laughs> only West Tennessee goes down. No, but I hope all the people escape. <laughs> Everybody, lives. Everybody lives because my family lives there. So obviously, I don't want them to to die in earthquake. <laughs> I just hope that area someday is no longer inhabited <laughs> by anybody, so I never have to see it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I have nothing against people in West Tennessee. I just growing up in West Tennessee, I I can't I can't stand West Tennessee, Brad. It's so ugly. It is a ugly part of the country. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Thank you for Digging that. My whole... yeah, thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. Okay. So you went, I went to North to Carolina. Old, uh, yeah, I went to go visit my old college roommate who uh we have a phenomenal relationship. Uh, and he was actually, um, the way we know each other, well, is from college, but he is actually the guy who got me connected with uh, Brad here at Stetson. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you learned about the internship. Yeah. That's how I learned yeah. about the internship. And also, like, I remember uh, Brad, he used to work in Tallahassee. And I remember, like, 10 years ago, me and my roommate Jordan, so shout out to Jordan if you even still listen to these, uh, we went and had lunch with Brad. So I yeah. I met him like 10 years ago. And then I was like, that's him. And then, you know, I continued with life, not really caring. Because um, so he was his youth pastor. He was his youth pastor at the time. So uh, roommate Jordan always claims that he is actually one of the interns because Brad was his mentor. Yeah. And yeah, there's, we, you, mm. you've known of or know a few people that have claimed to be under Brad I, as, as mentors or as interns, because when we said we started this intern uh, interns podcast, a few of them came and, w- and were like, "Hey, you need to have me on," because I was yeah one of Brad's first interns, and it's just and like, it's "Hey, like, man, no, doesn't work that way." No, there's only one other person. That's Nellie Bear. Nell, yeah, Nellie Bear. Oh, Nellie. Oh, I saw I saw a restaurant named Nellie's, and I went, "Oh, Nellie, oh, Nellie." <laughs> Followed me on Facebook and Instagram. If he listens to this, shout out to Nelly Bear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. He probably doesn't like that we're calling him Nelly Bear, but hey, <laughs> the we're, nickname we're close Brad like Nelson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I met you once for like ten minutes. Nelly. I had a phone call with you once. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great time. He told me all about this internship. What are we talking about? We're oh, d- my North, Carolina, North Carolina man. Uh, Duh. So- so it was it was good to catch up with him. He has like a two year old, him and his wife, and and the two year old is just an absolute joy. He he was a cutie for sure. Um, the biggest takeaway I got from North Carolina: static electricity. Mm. Like, so the cold brings static electricity. I don't know the science behind it. Yeah, it just does. And I got Jess and I got zapped. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's what you're many talking about? times. Yeah. 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 It's just that's a usual. Oh, thing, you man. weren't you weren't following. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you? But I guess it's because I mean I've been around it so much. It's like it's part of it, dude. I was in Louisville for a wedding, dude. There was we got I got zapped 
10 times within an hour. And it was it, the only reason I remember this stat is because we all talked about how much we were getting zapped at this wedding. So, well, I was I was getting like irritated. Yeah. Cuz I'm getting every time I get out of the car, just pow, like I'm getting hit by lightning. It wasn't soft. It wasn't like, "Oh, my finger," you know. <laughs> it was like, "Oh, help, my heart it stopped." Yeah. It was I got zapped so much and I started like, "How do you live up here? How do you manage with this?" It was like 50 degrees by the way. It yeah. wasn't even that cold. But I was like, I don't know how anybody lives above like the Florida Georgia line yeah. deals with that fallen consequence of the world that yeah. is static electricity. Static electricity. Um, so two things that I'll say, and then that'll be it on static electricity. One thing I've just learned, how accustomed you become to static electricity. Second thing, how much you might exaggerate how bad aesthetic electricity actually feels no dude it's a little pinch i i feel like i nearly died oh my gosh so uh, if you want to know how people live with it we don't feel it you you get you get a little zappy ah darn well and then you move on you northern people i'm not hey can you count me as northern yeah i hope as a as a like naturally born floridian if you live outside of florida i go ah you're from the north ah nice georgia from the north. If you see a flake of snow ever in where you grow up, you're from the north. You're from the north. Yeah. I'll take that because as we've talked about, the southern accent is my least favorite accent. Is it? So, it is. is. It? I might. Something that I've uh, revolted against and tried to eliminate from my person, as in me. I'll pick it up. You don't have to. I've heard. See, what's funny is I hear two. There's two parties whenever I say that. One party goes, oh, dude, you're littered with a southern accent. And I can, yeah, I can hear it clearly. And then the other is like, oh, yeah, I can't really hear it in you considering you're from the South. Yeah, no. And so I don't know which one to believe there because I get them both and they both happen usually at the same time. So like one person will go, you have a really, some person will go, oh, well, you really don't have one. And then somebody will rebut with, no, he definitely has one. From my perspective, no. Cool. No. So listeners, comment, tell me. First thing I want to hear from you is, yes, you have a Southern accent. No, you don't. And if I do, give me tips of how to get rid of it. How to fix it. How do I get rid of how this plague? I, I think- And if you have a Southern accent, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you. Oh, unless you're from West Tennessee. Unless you're West Tennessee, <laughs> which is literally all my family. Calling you out, mom. She's listening, most <laughs> yeah. definitely. She texts me every week about this, and she's going to hear that. And No, I don't. I don't wish bad things on anybody in West Tennessee. I only wish bad things upon the land of West Tennessee itself. Oh, he he wants all the property damage, all the property. So, golly, I I need to work on my memory a lot more. I was going to say something relevant, not about static electricity, accents. I think I came out of it pretty clean. In Florida, it's a real like hodgepodge mm -hmm. where. A lot, most people don't, but then you, sometimes you meet those real good old boys and they've got all the accents. Yeah. They took it all from the people that didn't have an accent. When I when I worked in Southern Alabama, I would get Even comments. Trained. They're like, are you from the Midwest? And I'm like, no. And they go, well, you, you, got, you got that Midwestern accent. And I'm like, drink your Coke, you know. But um, <laughs> I've come out of it pretty clean. I do find that I, fi I find myself, if I want to say like, Hunting, yeah. shooting, or fishing—it's it's mega sh mega short. I go like, are you going hunting later? 
like just yeah full i can on, hear it there yeah, yeah. like fish fishing shooting it's just it's a blur i think a lot of it is getting rid of certain words as well yeah getting rid of y'all yeah. i say y'all i, I say I, y'all i've started to try to implement i used to do it in text but i definitely do it in text now of saying you guys yeah or you i'll, I'll say you all it's 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 number two. It's like I have converted into saying y'all. I used to like staunchly never use it. Yeah. But now I do. Because like. Had a, adding a G to the end of a word. As as someone with like so an, an English right. background and I, I've looked into like words and, and like how words have come to be. English missing a second person plural is a bummer. Yeah. And y'all just fits it nicely. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. There you go. There's your English lesson. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so that's all I've got to say about my visit to North Carolina. Nice. Well, while you were MIA, we were here doing grueling work. Very true. Uh, <clears throat> I was. What I did this week was mostly, dude. It was. It was a pretty chill week of just preparing for a uh, Christmas party that we had for the youth on Wednesday, as well as an event that's coming up on Sunday for the youth. Because because of it being Christmas, everything's kind of, I don't know, unique, if you would say. You know, there's every, everybody's kind of out of whack of doing Christmas parties. All your, all your uh, church functions are now very Christmas-oriented. End of semester, we decided instead of doing an actual worship service, we would just do a Christmas party, have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Which is really good. Um, we had a lot of fun. Me and Kate were up here doing all the prep that morning of, and I think it, it went well. We already think we're, the, the thing about, and I've learned this, I've learned this before I got into ministry as well as being a part of ministry. Now you are your biggest critic and, um, w- like leaving that party, there are already so many things going in my mind of, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can better on. Uh, so there was, I think there there's a pro and con of that pro of okay now you you know that you're you're never settling for good but you're always trying to do better and better and better work uh and and create a better product and better ministry for those that you're ministering to but the con is you don't really get to enjoy to the fullest what you have prepared um so yesterday was a lot of that of looking at and figuring out okay how can we better what we di- what we did uh, looking towards next year, but sometimes we just have to pause and say what we did was really good and we enjoyed it. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I agree that you know you look at yourself and you're like, well, you know, well the first fifteen minutes went good, and then all the students came in, and then it was just terrible. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. no, it was a lot, and it was a lot of fun, and I had a lot of encouragement from volunteers. Um, Pastor Dan even gave me a lot of. Uh, encouragement of just how good it was last night. Yeah. Or not last night, but Wednesday night. Uh, even when we were talking about little things that we could change and get better on, I'm just understanding the, the students had a great time. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did, it, it served the purpose that it was supposed to yeah. a fund into the semester. And we did a great job of that. So, yeah. um, but with that, we, we were kind of talking about this and, uh, I would love to kind of hear your opinion on, this stat that I told you, this is not really, there's no research in the stat, just really what I feel, um, that the job of, of ministry, uh, and I've heard it said by other pastors even here before, of like 80% of it is more of your um, stick your feet in the mud, do the dirty work, uh, administrative, 
um, setting up communication and 20%, maybe 15 is actually what the people see as far as the messages and the sermons and, um, preaching. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of that stat? Do you think it's true? Do you think it's false? Do you think it's could be, I don't know. So like, it's sort of like the, the 80, 20 we talked about last week or two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago Yeah, where it's like, I don't know if that number's real, but it sounds like it. I would say that that number sounds like it. Yeah. And from my perspective, I absolutely agree that uh, my friend, he makes the same joke to me over and over when I say I'm busy. He sh- he should stop. It's been years. But he's like, whenever I'm doing something, he'd always be like, it's not Sunday or Wednesday. You ain't working. <laughs> it's like, yeah. He says it as a joke. He knows. Yeah. But it's it's like maybe that is people's perspective. It's like, what does a pastor really do yeah, when they're not I th- preaching? I think they're and and this I'll say some some people this might be true, but definitely when I came in or or was an outside looking in in my younger days and before I got to actually preach and and do things um, as far as like creating sermons and and leading messages, there was a lot of me that thought, okay, as a minister, the majority of your week. And the majority of your office hours are spent researching and and preparing for your message. And then I got there and I realized that's not true. Uh, it's not true at all. I'm not saying that there's no preparation, but it's definitely not as as significant uh, as far as your time throughout the week that I thought it would be. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not to say like that there's something wrong with it. I I do know there's probably some some pastors out there that maybe do less events and less communication and less administrative stuff and do they're spend more, a lot of more time of a sermon guy. Yeah, yeah, and they're most of their hours are spent researching and researching and um you know praise God for that. I, I think that's probably does a, a very good job. They probably do a very good job with their messages. I don't I don't think it's any less ordained or any less uh, provided by the Holy Spirit. But yeah. so. Did you have that same perspective coming in and that kind of shift or were you pretty realistic in understanding of what ministry looks like? Yeah. So in college, you know, I went to the the Baptist, now University of Florida, and they they prepared us and they would say that to us. It's like your your ministry will not be all giving sermons. Ministry is so much more than that. Yeah. So they sort of prepared me for what I came into and they were absolutely right. You know, I was I was just part-time children's ministry, but almost the majority of my time was spent planning, yeah. especially in children's ministry. Planning, prepping, relations, like you said, communications, um, more of action than actual study. Yeah. Now I'm not the senior pastor, but I, you know, I think I think Pastor Dan said this once. He can brutalizely brutalizingly correct me if I get it wrong, but I think he said that he devotes like one full day to prepping for his sermon. Yeah. Like he might work on it throughout the week, but there's one designated day. He's like, this is sermon day. Yeah. And then I will chip in where I can elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's how he plants his sermon. Yeah. And so- well, that, personally for you, because obviously you've done, you've you've given messages, you've done a great job. I mean, you've done ministry for what what years is ministry wise for you? Like, uh, uh, going on seven, seven I years. Guess? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been in the ministry for about seven years. Yeah. So, how what is what is your message prep look like? My message prep, as far as so, 
let's let's talk talking to children. I do not equate to giving a sermon. Okay, I would say that's more of teaching a lesson than giving. And when a you sermon. say children, are you speaking F- fifth and under? Okay, fifth and under. Um, so as for giving a sermon, you have actually done more than I have. Oh, already, yeah. So a lot more, yeah. <laughs> as far as like giving sermons go, I would honestly say like I haven't even reached ten yet. Really? Yeah. So like, I want I want everybody to understand that like I'm coming at this from a very newbie perspective. Um, but like my sermon prep, I I get the scripture, I study the scripture. And then what I do, and you said you watch me do this on the cameras, I do. is I just write like bullet points and I have to talk the whole thing out to myself for hours. And I mean hours of pacing and trying to hammer out exactly what I want to speak about and make it sound cl- as clean as I can. Yeah. I And that it sounds weird that I've watched you do that. But yeah, you go to the, you'll go find a room, usually it's a student center. Uh, and I usually know because you go, hey, are you going to be in the student center at all today? Uh, and I say, no. Or I say, I am, but I can wait till you're done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll just go and you'll pace back and forth with a paper in your hand. And yeah, you'll just, you'll rep it out. Mm-hmm. And then, and so whenever I, whenever I go to the pulpit, my notes is literally just a single sticky note that says like 20 words on it. And then... I do the message. Mm. Now, you know, chapel for the teenagers or Wednesday night are nowhere near on the same level as Sunday morning in front of the whole church. But I, oh, there it goes. My screensaver oh, no. sick, not going to lie. Look at that. I, this might be better than the logo. I'll change it in a second. Yeah. So, but that like, so far, that's how I prepare. I don't think of myself much as a preachy person anyway. And so it sort of checks out that my sermon prep is that low to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? For, for anybody that didn't know what we were commenting on, his computer turned off and we use his computer for our logo and it went to his screensaver and it was pretty sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we're very different when it comes to me- message prep. Um, I guess, man, I, I guess I have just had um, the privilege really just to preach over a good period of time, even in college, I would preach at, at for certain things. Actually, my first sermon I ever gave was in high school. Uh, we had a Mother's Day sermon. And so for the Mother's Day, they decided to let one of the students or a couple of the students preach. Um, you were like, I love you, mommy. Yeah, actually, my mom will hold me to this. To, the, to this day, I did not say happy Mother's Day. Oh. My, and she was so discouraged by that. And the, I'll tell you, the reason I didn't, I don't want anybody to think like I don't love my mother. I love my mother very, very much. Not her house, though. Not her house. Not her house. Um, no, I love her house as well. But no, what 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 it was is the senior pastor, and he he kind of looked at me. He was like, "Hey, just know this whole day is going to be about Mother's Day. You are feel free to say Happy Mother's Day, but it will have been said many, many times." And I don't think he meant don't say Happy Mother's Day. I think he meant, "Hey, you don't have to spend a lot of time in your intro." harping on how it's Mother's Day and mm. connecting the points to Mother's Day. He's like, look, it's a Mother's Day message or Mother's Day uh, Sunday. So like, we're going to make a big deal about Mother's Day. I took that as, okay, I won't say anything about <laughs> Mother's Day. And I didn't. Um, but I think 
my message prep has, has vastly changed over um, the years that I've done it. And more so this, this semester, this, this um, like fall was the most that I've ever preached on a consistent basis. And so old me used to literally type out word for word, what I wanted, wanted to say, mm-hmm. and then I would revamp it and cons- uh, consolidate it to things that reminded me about what I was going to say. And I would go over it three to four times in my car the night before. Mm-hmm. Or I say car because it, we had a smaller house, so it was the only place I could really get a loan. Um, but it, or um, if I could find an empty room, I would just do it there. So, um, But I would do that and I would like read it out four or five times. And then the morning of, I would do it like two more times. And I would time myself to see where am I getting at. And everything was just so planned and so uh, precise. Now it's very, very different. Oh, and the message prep would be very much like you in the sense that I would kind of just nail it out in one day and then spend hours and hours and hours working through it and then maybe come come back to it a little later or change a few things about it. But rather than much of it being study, much of it was how can I say this in the best way possible? Mm-hmm. And it was more of working on what am I bringing to the table rather than looking straight at the word of God um, and seeing what's there and then kind of just speaking that. Now, kind of how I do it. If So say I'm preaching on Wednesday. Thursday, I, I pick out, usually it's picked out for me. Uh, like if we're walking through a series, I know what I'm going to preach on. Thursday, I usually look at the scripture and I go, okay, here's here's what it says. And then I'll kind of speak it out to myself of like, you know, what is what is he saying? Okay, now what what do we need to take away from this? And that can kind of that that's my point of whether it's one point or or five points. That's where I'm getting that from. It's just looking at it and saying, okay, what do what do we need to take away from what's being read? Uh, and then usually it'll be one to three points, and that's what I'll do on Thursday. I'll stop it there, and then Friday, Friday. Monday and Tuesday is I go point by point. Mm-hmm. So you, cause three is usually the max that I'll do. Um, but if I go more, there'll be shorter points. So I'll basically uh, pick it out in thirds. It's mm-hmm. so like Friday, I'll do a third of the message. Monday, I'll do a third of the message and Tuesday, I'll do a third of the message. And now I don't do any like uh, going, talking through it. I just kind of show up on Wednesday and I'll, I'll what I what I have heard. Um, I don't remember who said to do this, but I think it's true. Is you need to you need to know your your sermon by heart more so in the sense of like you need to study what you're saying mm-hmm. um, so that you know kind of the flow of where you're going with your message. Mm-hmm. So it's not you're you're like going on a tangent. You look down, and you go, oh, I don't know how I'm going to connect this to what I'm supposed to say next. It's more of a you know what you're saying. You know where you're trying to go with the point. You know where that's going to end before you go to your next point. Um, and I think that's I think it's the correct way to do it. And so I try to do that. I'm not great at it. Uh, my sermon or my my message uh, notes are very lengthy. Um, so I'm not doing. I, I don't do a sticky note. I do like a. They're probably about two pages, three pages worth. You bring up the iPad, right? Yeah, I have this little iPad thing that's. Um, a remarkable, and that's what I use. It's just electronic paper. So, yeah. So we're very different in that. I think it, they both work out. No, yeah. There's no. I haven't been told quit your job. No, so. I know. Yeah, and that's. I don't think there's. 
there definitely are wrong ways, <laughs> but uh, I think the wrong ways are you just don't use scripture as your guide. That's probably so, a terrible place to begin. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you're using scripture as your guide and just saying, man, I want to get the most I can out of this, um, you do need to give adequate time because it's the word of God and you're going to be preaching it as if uh, with authority that you've been given um, to to preach it and preach it well. Mm. So whatever time that is, just make sure you're doing it well. You know, um, that means don't spend like 15 minutes on it. But there does need to be, I think, hours that are devoted to to working on it and making sure that it's correct and, and using it um, in a healthy sense. But also, there might be there might be too much of. I'm spending so much on. I have a friend who who notoriously will always say, "I he over prepares," and he'll say that. And um, what that leads to is that some some points will have to get consolidated and he won't be able to spend as much time as they need or ha- should be spent on them because he's he's you put so much information into the first couple mm-hmm. points that he that he wants to bring out of the text and so yeah there's a balancing act i've done that before and it, it, it does suck when you get to that point because you go man there's so much goodness that i want you to get out of this and um and if, if if you try to milk scripture for every every verse for what it's worth um you'll have to go like one verse a night yeah so there's a, there's definitely a lot of wisdom that has to go into mm-hmm. preparing the the right message to them. I agree. Anything else on message prep? Again, just I have a horrible memory. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I I think what you said is quite uh, sums it up pretty well. If you know the scripture, if you know God's word, and you've truly like applied it to your life and try to make it relevant to yourself, I think you have a much better. Time. Mm, that's a good conveying point. it. That's a good like point. you actually know and relate what you're talking about. You don't you don't sound fake or you don't maybe maybe like you don't even sound like condescending, like you are you're doing more than just preaching at the people or the congregation. You are like you're saying it for your life and for theirs. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'll add one thing to that, and it's kind of to second what you said. Uh, man, we need to be studying the scriptures to study the scriptures, not study the scriptures just to be able to preach it. You got it. Um, that goes for for those who are, you know, pastors, but it also goes for just people who need to uh, learn learn the word of God. Uh, everybody needs to know know His word because that's how He's how He decided to to teach us. So yeah. it's good. That's good. So, well, hey, Brad, I hope you have a good week. You too, Nate. It's all, not like I live right next door to you. All of our listeners couldn't care less. We see each I'm other through our windows. Yeah, like, we do. Like, we can wave at each other. We do. I wave at your cats all the time. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So if you live in West Tennessee, know that I love you. Just don't love your area. So um, that that's going to, yeah. And if you're a bird, come over to my house. Yeah, come on. Come on. Brad, Brad's got room for you. Brad's got room. Uh, all right. Well, you all have a great week. Bye. Bye.